now I understand what happened to that building, or at least I think I do. And if I understand it, maybe I can use that to my advantage. And of course, she's not realizing that her idea of using that to her advantage is terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, Arcane Episode Three recap. I'm your Hi. host Ryan here with your other host Hedge. <laughs> What's up, everybody? The hype train rolls. We keep rolling. You thought we we're gonna stop. We promised. We promised you something. We're going to deliver. Right? We we always deliver on our promises. I think. Don't hold us to that. It's been over sixty episodes. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure our true fans are already writing out like three promises we've broken. So Nox's fans are banding together. Because, yeah, well, yeah, you, we broke a promise in the second episode because you used my real name in the first episode, said it'd never happen again, and then used it immediately in the second episode. So, yeah. Welcome to the land of uh, broken promises where you can listen to us everywhere. Um, housekeeping up top. Visit us on at podcastcore.com for all our, all our info. Um, you can follow us at any platform there. Um, that you prefer send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com it's a great place to contact us especially with all this arcane stuff going on so we can talk about things um, any specific questions any clarifications if we get stuff wrong um, we are casuals here okay we're hardcore casuals that's right we take being casual very seriously <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, and then please leave a like follow and a short review wherever you decide to listen it helps us you know get discoverability get it out there um, and bring the knowledge to more people in a nice, tight little package. Um, but the best way is to tell a friend to beware of the traps by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's right. We cast a detect traps. So we, <laughs> we got y'all covered. Just let us lead. <laughs> let us lead. Um, so obviously, we at this point, we all know there's a three act structure in which they're releasing this in like an event style. And this first act is three episodes. So this is the last episode of this act. So, you know, we're going to get some action here. We're going to get some resolutions to some points. Uh, and we start though with a very interesting opening, which is a very wide shot of Silco, uh, sleeping with the fishes. And that's it. Arcane's over. It and wasn't not- actually three three chapters. You know, nothing's happening next week. The villain is dead. And the third episode was just 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, so we get this shot of Silco sinking. We have this inner monologue of him talking about the feeling of drowning and what it does to a person. And, you know, this is kind of immediately cut back to where we left off in episode two, uh, with some uh, wardens running down the street, kicking in doors. You love to see it. Yep, you love to see They it. knock first. <laughs> so granted, you know, there's some courtesy. Yeah, you know, open up. It's the police immediately gunfire. Um, <laughs> fascism. <laughs> so uh, we, get, yeah, we, we, we get this opening of the door as far as with the enforcers yes. just kicking it in. And then... The other side of it is a surprise. It's Vi, mm-hmm. but it's not the enforcers coming through the door. It's Vander. Yep. So 
we so we're aware that there there are more raids happening as far as in this night, mm-hmm. but we're not watching the raid right now. We're watching Vander come in, and Vander's like, okay, look, you know, I remember everything I taught you. You take care of your family, all right, and you take care of yourself out there, okay, kid. Real and, Dom Toretto energy. And uh, Benzo is with is with him as yes. well, and. Benzo's just kind of like watching out the door and like while Vander's trying to like tell Vi to watch out for family, Benzo's like, yo, we're running out of time. And then he throws Vi into a cellar, locks her in. And then now we get the kicking of the door and it's the enforcers and it not just the, any enforcers, it's Grayson and Marcus and Grayson's like, okay, Vander, I got your message cough up the kids and because vander is such a great dad he coughs up the kids right away right ryan (laughs) (laughs) and once again episode over it's that easy (laughs) but no i want to make a quick comment uh based on how you said like the the whole swap right they played the viewer haha you got us it was vander who was opening the door but one good insight to how they move around the city or the town or whatever you want to call the lanes is that when you're in those kind of slum situations, you know it better than the enforcers, right? There's always a secret way to get somewhere. Um, we know Echo has been glorious for this, for just popping up in situations he shouldn't be able to pop up in without being noticed, right? So uh, it makes a lot of sense that they were able to get their moments before. It's like, hey, we have a bit of time. Here's what's going to happen. And then the warden show up. We're, and we're going to get that again, too. Yep. Because, uh, so, you know, a little bit of a spoiler there. But, yeah, like, it's if you're not one of the beat cops, you're not going to know the town. Um, so yeah. Vander gets there first, locks Vi away. Grayson, Marcus are like, okay, Vander, cough up the kid. And Vander's like, yeah, I'm here. Take me. Take me. I did it. I did it. So, you know, go ahead and take me. And uh, Grayson does try to talk Vander out of it because, uh, again, they, the two of them have been showing how delicate this balance of peace is right now. And the way that that peace is being, the way that this fascist peace is being upheld <laughs> is that Vander is keeping all the Zonites yeah. on a tight leash of like, don't do anything. Yeah, the, the Piltovers, the, Pilt, the people from Piltover, they're scum, but, you know, we we don't want to fight. It's going to be bad if we fight. Yeah. And Grayson's like, I'm not arresting you because if I arrest you, it's that we're all going to go to crap. Yeah. And Vander's like, too bad. I did it. You're not finding no kid. Yep. And there's so, another there's another layer here. So we got the oh, we thought it was gonna war the warden's gonna be there, but it was Vander. And then the warden show up, but then someone else shows up, and we didn't expect this person to be there. No one expected this person. And, and we that don't even is Shaco. Yeah, we <laughs> we don't even get to like see that. <laughs> because it's like, you know, Vander Vander gets cuffed. Yeah. Grayson reluctantly starts leading him out, and we get that cut to Vi, and Vi's listening in on yeah. it. And she runs over to the window to watch Vander get arrested and taken away. Yeah. She sees nothing but a sheet of blood cover the window. Yeah. And it's like, oh crap, something's changed. And uh, you know, something very twisted has happened oh and so uh silco 
shows up. You said it wrong. When, uh, I'm no. You got <laughs> you, you got twisted out of me. You get one. <laughs> He'll fall for it sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, so Silco comes shows up, yeah. and his boy Deckard is now just doing the whole anime shoo, shoo, across yeah. the screen, and every time he zooms, someone dies. So he kills all the enforcers. Yeah. save marcus and you think grayson for a second and then like a helmet kind of goes away and nope grayson's dead too that was a crazy moment it was a super I crazy didn't moment i didn't expect them to just because that's an important that to us that's an important character right we've only had three episodes with her but she obviously um is in power with this relationship yeah. so it's it's crazy to see them take because Decker is kind of a just a background character. So they'll have him basically kill her off screen, which off screen killings in cinema. That's a that's a thing. Uh, yeah. So that's what makes it even more shocking is like, oh, no, this is going to be worse yeah. than we think, I, isn't it? it? I, I mean, we were even I was even talking about how, like, it, it, you know, Grayson was reluctantly arresting him because of how important this balance that they yeah. have between Vander and Grayson is. And then, bam, dead. Bye. Yeah. gone and get, yeah. this is where we get the reveal that benzo uh that benzo vander and silco they all know each other very intimately yep and benzo's like it's like nah you, you should have stayed in whatever hole you were hiding in all these years and he goes to punch silco a keyword punch you know he, he's just he, i'm gonna punch you you yeah. deserve to be punched so what does he get in return he doesn't even get the punch and he just dies. Like <laughs> again, we get the yell and Deckard swinging by dead. <laughs> There's a dead Benzo on the ground. Vander's just like, Oh crap. No, like he's just watching the, the delicate balance that he's built all these years. Yeah. Die in front of him. He's watching his best friend die in front of him. It turns out that an ex best friend is behind all of it. And now he's getting carted away by some super mutant. And Vi is just watching it all happen through blood-stained glass. Yeah. And this, once again, when, when we talk about like good storytelling up to this point, because of Vander's interactions with the children, you can immediately infer what type of relationship him, Benzo, and Silco had. Like that was the squad, right? When they were younger, that was the crew and things went bad, right? Yeah. And you can tell he's trying to avoid that with Vi, Powder, and that crew, right? He wants mm -hmm. them to not have that same kind of pattern play out. So that, I think that, 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 that kind of nuance is real cool here in this scene because it's obviously a tragic scene, um, and then it ends with a little bit of, it's a bittersweet that they don't kill Vander. They essentially discombobulate him. I'm going to use that word. Cause I, I don't get to use yeah. it often enough, uh, but then take him off for some other means. So we still have him and, with and the only person left standing is Marcus. And I don't know how you would explain that to your superiors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our whole squad is dead. Especially squad, when you're a hot headed cop, right? And the squad leader's dead. But I swear to you, I had nothing to do with it. Well, it was my contact that did it, but I had nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he he's got a lot of explaining to do, uh, yeah. and it's um this is where we get uh at least for me like with Deckard killing everyone the we get the purple color we get all these like kind of tendril esque and 
tentacle movements. Yeah. And we also get this high pitch squealing and clicking from him. If this isn't void related, I will eat a shoe. <laughs> Just calling it now. Right? He's putting his money down. Yeah. So the, we get our first cut here. Spoken. We get our cut away from all this madness, right? Back to a more calmer space, which is the new um, burgeoning friendship between Victor and Jace, right? As they brainstorm around the notes that Jace has come up with. Uh, they have a bit of time. They have a bit of time to figure this stuff out. And they think they can do it. They think they're really close. And with, you know, two heads are better than one, right? And and the the key thing here is that, uh, like, whatever studies that Jace was doing, Victor is the one to kind of add the brain power to the equation side of it. Yes. Um, and we do get that as far as in their backstories that, you know, where one was weaker, the other filled in. And so we're getting to see that on screen here. And the... So they decide that it's like, hey, we can get it to resonate, but we got to crank it. And but if to do that, we need Jace's equipment, which Heimerdinger's destroying tomorrow. <laughs> and then Victor's like, oh, that's cool. If only his assistant had a key as he holds up Heimerdinger's key. <laughs> and it's like, and Vic, and like, this is a point where it's like Victor showing like, no, I, I have a goal. I will reach my goal. Yep. I am not done. This is, I'm not stopping here. I'm going forward. Yep. And that, that's what drives Victor through all of this uh, is this drive to go forward to the glorious evolution. Um, yep. And, and go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that. So we get that small moment before we come back to it. Um, and then we get to go back to this Silco Vander situation for a bit. And this is where we get some reveals. Right. Some bigger reveals um, from what we know up to this point. So obviously, Vander's been taken um, by Silco and he they have a little one, a one on one, right? A little heart to heart. And Silco lets him know that he never forgot who he truly is. Right. Because to, you know, the, the resistance leader, the person that everybody looks up to, that's not what Silco sees when he looks at Vander. He mm-hmm. sees the guy who tried to drown him. And that, and that's where we also get like you know that this tranquil scene of Silco sleeping with the fishes is just like the, these dual personalities within him fighting. Of like, there's one side that's like, hey, the water's calling to me, and if I take the water in, I'll be free, and none of this will matter anymore. And the other side is desperately fighting for survival and turning into a primal like into a primal nature to survive yeah um which it's a very cool way as far as like connecting like this first opening scene of silco just honestly just being an edgelord um (laughs) into like something that is building the story a bit more we also get to see in the struggle of him being drowned by vander that um you know he is while like while passing out, he starts reaching for Vander's knife, uh, which ruins our theory of Vander being a werewolf. So yeah, you know, we're already looking like fools, and it's only been a couple hours. They did it on purpose. They knew what they were doing. It, it was so close to spoop season. <laughs> First, they take housekeeping from us, and now this it will not stand. Um, but uh, 
I like the only other thing I want to mention is that the right before we got to this, we did get to see um, Vi talking with Echo uh, to figure out where Vander went. That yep. scene lasts about like five seconds, and that scene is so rough yeah. because it is just Echo, you know, showing that he knows how to get into places they shouldn't be. And then it's like, I saw the whole thing, and Benzo was basically his Vander. So then yeah. you get the whole echo breakdown, and it's just like, oh no, this is the tone of the episode, isn't it? Yep, we should have oh, known better. Boy. There's, there's no known. happy. Listen, we've been doing lore for how long? <laughs> there really aren't happy endings. Um, yeah. So no. yeah. we should have known better. But um, during this discussion, though, between Silco and Vander, Vander's trying to say like, "That's not who I am anymore." Blah blah. And Silco brings up the point. Not only did you try to drown me, but when you drowned me in that water, the toxins. And the gunk from that water got into my wound from where you hit me. <laughs> and that's why my eye is the way it is. That's why I'm scarred. That's why I can't be just like everyone else anymore, right? And that's something that not only shows the conditions of Zon once again, compared to Topside, um, but it's one of those things that reinforces the, you know, making these people marginalized, right? And Vander didn't help Sickle's situation despite being a quote unquote friend. Yeah. Um, and Vander still refers to Silco as a brother here. Yeah. And it's really just a, cl they're at an impasse of ideology. Whereas to, to Vander to save the people of the lanes and Zaun, he must submit to Piltover rule. Yeah. And the, to Silco, submission to Piltover rule is a direct betrayal to him so it's like you can't be my brother and submit yep uh, but like it, the fact that they do talk about like and they the dialogue does go and develop a lot here is that silco i think this is the only time that silco is really trying to reach fander yeah um like it, it's the only time i think that they're talking as equals and not as enemies he um, makes it oh go ahead sorry uh but uh no, no, I lost the point. <laughs> he, to, to what you just said was he makes a great quote here, um, which is one that I think will live past the episode, is you'd die for a cause, but you won't fight for one. And that really sums it up really well, right, is that Vander still stands for this thing, but his working with Grayson, um, him doing these passive things in the greater good of Zahn in his mind is exactly what that statement says is he's not willing to do the hard work to solve the problem because what he's doing currently is going to get him killed uh for nothing yeah and so now we like as far as them reaching this impasse the scene ends as far as with vander you know like getting taken over to a chair to get locked up yep. but the two things that get left here before we cut away is that we get a name for the chemical that turned Deckard into whatever monster he is now. Uh, and that chemical is called shimmer. Mm -hmm. And then we also see in the background, just kind of like a fly on the wall again, some of the patrons of the last drop. Uh, so of Vander's bar and that's, you know, we keep seeing these different times of Vander talking down 
the people of the bar and of the lanes of like, no, we do not want a war. We do not want to fight. And the ones that were constantly saying, no, we want to fight. Yeah. Why don't you? They're now switching sides. And it's like, hey, Silco wants to fight. And that guy beat your butt. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go with him. Uh, yeah. And and then we we get cut away there. And the, the cutaway is going straight back to the academy. And we are watching the two worst thieves try to sneak their way into Heimerdinger's office. And I mean, I can't stress enough the two worst thieves. One, they're loud as shit. Two, they got lights on in a dark hallway. Like, you know, you just like you, you minimal. It's got to be minimal light. All right? And we, we also have the parallel between them. And the, uh, you know, the Zonites, like we have people from Zon. So we watch Vi and Powder and them when they're breaking into something, right? When they're picking locks, it's, there's a, they're schmoving. There's a movement to it where they yeah. know they have to do something quick. They're yeah. like, almost like warriors, like trained battlefield yeah, everyone warriors. Everyone has a job. Yeah. Everyone but has Jace a job to do. Jason Victor are privileged. So they're just yeah. like, oh, we can do this. They have the key. And then they have the key. They're still taking forever. He's got he's got all the keys, and he doesn't even know which freaking key opens the door to the it, office. That's like the one key you should know, right? Yeah. It's a good it's a good parallel there. It, it, um, it is a great parallel. But of but, course, our our dastard piltover thieves are immediately caught. But luckily for them, they're caught by probably the most progressive person. In the academy. Whew, that is generous. And, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. They, but they're caught by Mel. Mel yeah. Medarda. And the reason I say that it's the most progressive is because like, yo, you already got kicked out of this uh, academy. So why shouldn't I arrest you right now for what you're mm -hmm. trying to do? And Jace finally clearly and concisely argues his point he argues his study he's telling Medarda as far as what he was studying what his goals were and how victor was able to help him i love this scene too because jace is like finally trying to plead his court case yeah. for once and victor's just afk still trying to find the key and like he's just barely chiming in of like oh no no we figured it out yeah, we, that's we, some we, foreshadowing too about Jason going to be doing a lot of pleading his case for a very long time. <laughs> for a very long time. Um, and so then we have this scene of like the security, the actual security guards doing their passes with Madarda listening to Jace. And Madarda gives an ultimatum of like, look, you have tonight. So yeah. up until you get caught for real tonight, you better impress me. And if you don't impress me, you're going to jail. Yes. Simple as that. And Madarda guides the security guard away and our thieves are left to look for the key. We don't even see them get into the freaking office. They're just still left to look for the key. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. Like uh, the, if you're not shipping these boys together, like this dumb antics are going to get them shipped. immediately. <laughs> so, the the thing to keep in mind too so we talked about this in episode two if you haven't listened to that i don't know why you would skip from one to three but don't do that go back and listen to two uh mel's main motivation that we know of which is mentioned in the beginning of that episode is that she needs something 
to help push Piltover to the top of the map, to be number one, right? To to be able to be the city of progress they want to be. And she knows that what they are messing with is a possibility based on not only what they have expressed, um, she knows they're two smart individuals, but also the fact that Heimer's so scared makes her intrigued. So yeah. and, that's another and thing part, to keep in mind with yeah. this decision to give them one more shot. Yeah. And part of Jace's plea is that, you know, this is supposed to be the city of progress. And yep. I believe I'm on the forefront of progress. Yeah. She's um, like, fool, city of fascism. What are you talking about? <laughs> you fool. No, you hail me. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, they get left to try to look for a key. And then that's where we get um, like just right back to the tones that echo set for this episode. We get Vi, <laughs> we get Vi making it back to the last drop yeah. and to, you know, assemble the troops to try to save Vander. And, this is the first time that Vi actually has a chance to kind of freak out over what is happening, what's going on and what she mm. has to do. Um, and so a big part of this freak out is that, you know, we get to see, we get to see Jinx, you know, actually, you know, process the fear that Vi is going through. Uh, Cause like she's watching Vi's arms shake and everything. And Jinx is like, look, you, you told me that, you know, the more I work at it, the more I tinker, the better I'm going to get at it. I'm ready. I can fight. I have my, I have my mouses and my monkeys and I'm ready to fight. And Vi, you know, hits her with the, look, you're not ready. And I, it's important as far as like with the first episode, when they're doing the whole jumping from rooftops, when when Powder is freaking out, Vi says, Powder, I told you you were ready. So go. You're ready. And now it's like, no, for this, you're not ready. And in Vi's defense, yeah. No, yeah. yeah up to this it's point, a, yeah. Up to this point, it's, it's, yeah. Up to this point, she's been a liability, right? Vi's always trying to protect her, but we, like you mentioned, Vi is very vulnerable at this moment, which isn't usual considering she's the Red Power Ranger. So she needs to be always leading. But she's she's even shooken, um, and the other guys are trying to help her get like, let's do this, let's just let's go. Um, and the important part here is we get, and the emotionally impacting part is that we get Vi panicking, taking off leaving powder behind and then we get a scene where it's a very drawn out like powder having a panic attack like this is this is not a tantrum this is not a freak out this is a panic attack and it's not a normal panic attack because she's having it near the hextech crystals and we get a flashback or kind of it's weird it's more like a memory type situation where Mm -hmm. we notice that this whole time these crystals are somehow affecting her mind. So she, you know, obviously she has, uh, uh, what is it? Like P not PTSD, I guess sort of like PTSD from the events that started off this whole act. Um, obviously she has grief and obviously she's all like a shy individual, but they are kind of tweaking how she's processing this stuff. And this is the first clear view we get of, Oh no, her like panic attack is amplified yeah. and twisted yeah. with I, these crystals. I, and I don't even think that it's a thing where she's even like, it's not even on her radar that it's a tweaking of her yeah. psyche because yeah. for her, it's, 
it's her curiosity. It's her sense of tinkering. Yeah. You know, because now she's able to like, she's watching these, uh, during her panic attack, she knocks the crystals out and she's watching them, you know, bounce and they're creating that energy again. Yep. And so for her, it's like, oh, I'm, she's now putting these pieces together of like, now I understand what happened to that building, or at least I think I do. And if I understand it, maybe I can use that to my advantage. And of course she's not realizing that her idea of using that to her advantage is terrorism. Um, <laughs> so that's where it's like not even on the radar of like my the yeah. psyche is screwed. Yeah. This is one of those cases of somebody very young in a very tough situation growing up too fast in the very altered <laughs> reality, right? She's having to deal with a lot of stuff that she shouldn't have to be dealing with. And obviously in this scene, there's Hextech crystals. So you know what that means? Cut to the duo. <laughs> Cut to the duo. And the duo, um, because of the calculations that they ran, mm -hmm. they know that uh, to go deeper into the studies that Jace was doing, in their exact words, they've got to crank it. And crank it, they do. The um, internet loves that one. <laughs> you, oh, oh, I am ready for the memes. If you got them, hit us up. It's podcast core uh, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they 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 get the crystals. They set up uh, Jace's equipment and they turn that crap up to eleven. Uh, they get to have their nice little panic attack of like. Uh, no, like Jason's like, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And Victor's like, no, it'll stabilize. It'll stabilize. And it does stabilize. And as far as with it stabilizing, they're like, okay. Um, well, now what do we do? And he's like, and Jason's like, I don't know. It's never done this before. So he starts trying to actually use the machine he's built to work off of the stabilization. Yeah. And he blows up the office. And, and then in a panic of this explosion and his impeding death, he goes to turn off this machine like, oh, maybe it's already blown up. Maybe this yeah. will help. And it, surprisingly, it does. <laughs> so not only does it help, but it rewinds time and they're just back to the stabilized. And now they're like, oh, that's different and this is where jace starts we start getting more of like the um where he's using the the flashback that we had earlier for him on the mountain in um episode two he's remembering what this mysterious character his savior did and remembering like trying to remember the symbols which we now see on this machine he has carved these symbols onto it and he starts trying to get everything in position. And he goes to crank that sucker once everything's in position. And we get um, a big old hoverboard. I, I, I like I, I don't get it. Like they turn the whole room into just hovering. Oh, so it's, we a suspension. Go it's a suspension field. It's like so um, Victor's, ah, Victor's okay. move. Yeah. Victor's move in the game. Duh. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm leaving. I'm off this podcast. <laughs> I'm useless. I'm useless. I yeah, don't it's a direct. It's a direct. Um, take my nerd uh, card. Take to that. my nerd card. I <laughs> don't fine. deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah. So they create it. 
Yeah, they and that's it. That's the success for them. That's finally giving them um, the the credibility that they sought for in that night. And everybody was there. Everybody who's important was there to witness it as well, which is also important. So this then takes us back. So they get the results. Cool. Yeah. We're done with that. Um, the the it's last a, thing to point here is yeah. with them getting their results, uh, like the with the explosion happening and th- them breaking into the room, security finally finding them. Heimerdinger is the first one there. It's not even Madarda that's first. So Heimerdinger yeah, yeah. directly witnesses that science can control this magic. He's still against it, but Madarda yeah. see, you know, light bulb turned on. This is my chance to put us on the map. So they are now butting heads, but at the very least, Jason, Victor are not banished. And that's where we leave off with them. Uh, so then we go back to the sump rats on a rescue mission. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh Vi's group kind of sneaking in. Cause once again, they know, you know, they know the, the shortcuts to places they know, the underground, so they're able to get in the room. Uh, but even so, I think one thing they fail to remember is that Silco is also from the Undercity. Uh, so they get to Vander, and he's like, how did you guys get in here so easy? They're like, it, it was simple. We snuck past the guards. And he's like, no, not that many guards. And the guards show up. Um, and this is the moment where we get finally the buildup towards uh, action scene of sorts, right? Um, They're in a moment where they thrive best. Everything we've seen up to this point is them um, having these tough situations that they make their way out of at record speed. And they're all right, cool. You start working on the locks. You find us a way out of here. I'm going to go beat these guys up. Right. Um, uh, An action scene of sorts. Like, were we watching the same thing? Because I all I typed here for this action scene that we finally get is Vi. Stands for violence. (laughs) Vi is just out for blood. She's like, okay, like we walked into a trap where we are officially trapped. Yeah. uh, And we do get to see her really wear her red ranger suit here because she, the moment she realizes it's a trap and sees that the trap has been triggered, she just turns around and is like, Milo, pick the locks, get Vander out of there. Uh, Clagger you find an alternate exit for us to get out of here. I'll hold them off. The moment you Vander's free, we're out. Yep. Like, you know, she's just like, Nope, you got a job. You got a job. I got a job. Go to work. And then we, you know, we do get to see Vi finally throw some punches and look more like the Vi that we know. Cause at least at the beginning of this, she is dominating this fight like this is not the same scrappy fight that we had at the beginning of the show she 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 here to play (laughs) she puts the hands on him um and at that point soko knows oh wait oh she knows what she's doing so he gives his boy the juice again um to get him up and going and this is where the fight kind of turns right obviously she's not going to be able to handle that type of uh a goon per se. So she immediately, like I said, she's quick. These kids are quick. She kind of starts crawling away, feigning death sort of, and then rushes into the room where Vander is, grabs the door and locks it like in multiple places, which was a good, just that's awareness. Right. And um, one of the kids is banging out this wall to get it open. The locks are almost off. 
And then we get cut to not cut completely away, but we get to see what Jinx is doing during this time. So during this whole time, she's decided she's ready. She's been following them and she's climbed around like the side of let's call it like a warehouse. And she's at the top ready to do something. What is that something? Well, she has some crystals on her. Yeah, she's I, I think I don't even know if she was like fully intending to do it until she's getting the scenes of Deckard just about to kill Vi. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I have to do this. It's my time to save them. And I know that I can with my newest invention, which is straight up just the symbol clacking monkey with the hex tech core in between the symbols. And I, what I have in my notes here uh, is, oh dear God, Jinx, don't do this to me. (laughs) and then the very next line of notes that i have is spoiler she does (laughs) so she sends in her newest invention and we we get a first-hand glance at this explosion from as far as from everyone's perspective um where instead of like with uh jace where he gets you know blown into a wall and just instantly knocked out we get to see everything with this explosion so powder gets knocked off the side of the building she is now flying down into the waters of zon the door gets blown straight into the room where our sump rats and vander are holed up trying to outlast deckard the door takes out Cloggert, so that's one down. Uh, the the after it takes him out, the impact ends up throwing debris, impaling Milo. And in case you thought Milo might make it, debris from the roof falls on top of him, so he's gone. Deckard gets blown out of the picture. The all of the men, all of the henchmen on the bridge that Vi has been fighting on this time are all blown away. Silco almost is blown away, but we get to see one of the patrons of the last drop dive in front. Mr. President, get down, takes the blast for Silco, so she's dead instead, and Silco just gets thrown away. And yeah. She had a, an arm blown off. It looked like she did this angle thing. Yeah. And it did like a pan, like a shadow shot of her arm getting blown off. But she does pop up a little bit later. She pops up. I I, I only saw her on the ground. And then I don't so. know if you saw the trailer afterwards. We'll, we'll talk about that then. Oh, I didn't watch the trailer. I, I, I purposely yeah, mine did auto, not watch mine the auto played, which sucked because I was watching the credits and then it just started playing and it was only 40 seconds long. I was like, wait, what's happening? The moment I saw the words autoplay, I closed the whole window. <laughs> Like, destroy your TV, just slam your TV into the ground. <laughs> Punch my monitor. It's just like, no, none, none of well, this. Yeah, and, and to your point, the that was all done with, I think, three Hextech crystals. Because she put two inside the body of the thing, and then it had one clacker around the neck. And remember, there's more than three Hextech crystals. So that's the scary thing about yeah. this energy, right? It's so unstable and powerful. Yeah. And the only other difference that needs to be noted is with powder getting blown off the side of the building, all this death and destruction that we get first person looks at. Uh, we cut back to a slow-mo of powder 
falling off the building, and there is nothing but the biggest smile on her face. Insanity. Like, it, it, it was just the triumph of yeah. a child. <laughs> like, the, you know, like a, a, a child trying to do something that's way out of their league, and they yeah. pull it off. The way I feel when I kill a boss in a Dark Souls game. Okay. <laughs> We're all children when it comes to From Software. <laughs> uh, and that, so yeah, and once the, once the dust clears, Vander, like, concussed, looks around, sees a concussed Deckard getting to his feet, looks to his side and sees almost all of his kids dead. Vi pinned under debris, looking like she might as well be dead. And he's like, well, I got nothing left. He grabs some makeshift knuckles. He goes to put in some work on Deckard. And weirdly enough, like against this mutant thing, the fight is like semi-even. Like he's at least standing, right? Like he's not... He's not dead immediately. He gets some punches in. He takes a couple hits. And it's like, we're going to fight this out. And, of course, there's always, in League of Legends, whenever you're having a good one-on-one, it's no longer a (laughs) one-on-one. You're going to get ganked. And Silco ganks him. And then we finally get the end of the flashback of Silco drowning in the water. And it's now a very clear vision of Vander drowning him and also a very clear vision of him grabbing the knife from Vander, slashing his way to freedom, giving him the scar on his face and the scar on his wrist that he keeps covered up by the bracer. And then once that flashback is done, he gives him another stab and twist of the knife to be certain, tosses him over the edge and Vander is dead. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he landed in a pool of serum, which that doesn't do anything. So wait, what kind of serum? Oh, the shimmer. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Knocks him into the shimmer. And obviously he's like, Well, this is my last hurrah, anyways. If you played against Scion, you know what happens next. <laughs> he ingests some of the shimmer, it gives him the effects he needs to go a little bit longer and it allows him to save Vi, um, which is the most important part. And it's cool because it puts him in this uh, mental place where he's on the bridge, Silco's on one end, Vi's on the other end, and he has to make a decision because this place is falling apart and he makes the right decision, thankfully, grabs Vi and jumps out the side to fall, um, unfortunately, to his end. And that obviously has an that's a very impactful scene. And before we go any further, I want to say that this depiction of destruction is so realistic. Whereas in most movies, most blockbusters, when a building's blowing up in the background, you have people doing dialogue and big diatribes and flashbacks, and there's plenty of time, and you know it's very dramatic music is swelling us. Like no. This thing exploded and this building started falling falling apart and we got to watch it happen and there were consequences to explosions. It's not just, oh, cool guy doesn't look at explosion. No, explosion sends debris everywhere and kids die. And that made this very difficult to watch. Um, And this wasn't like in a gruesome way or meant for just show. This was very emotional, 
emotionally driven. And that was probably their point was like, hey, we want to show you why this was a bad thing. Right. Because the responses that happen afterwards need to play off of this. Yes. And it's important that it is highlighting that there are very strong emotional responses to all of this carnage that's happening around them because we know that these characters don't stay the way they are forever not past this point not and spoiler it's this point um so (laughs) so vander makes a choice he saves vi uh and we don't get a death monologue thank goodness peter jackson go somewhere else (laughs) <laughs> like we don't there's there's no death monologue the he, we get vi looking around like you know this whole feeling of just like where the hell am i am i even alive looks at vander goes vander vander we made it oh and then vander just gives one look to her says take care of powder yeah dead that's it that's the closest thing to the monologue but we, get. we do get something and the moment that he dies after saying take care of powder someone needs to come for their victory lap because they did it here comes powder <laughs> well the the one thing i wanted to mention was that they didn't do the monologue but they did do the scream to the heavens and the lightning strike oh, so yeah, they did <laughs> so listen they're batting 500 here. <laughs> like, they couldn't avoid all the tropes, but the one genius part to Hetch's point is that his there was no monologue, but we got to hear like the sound changed where his heartbeat, which was accelerated by the serum, was very erratic, like you know, like you would have in like a you know, a beep, beep, but it was accelerated because of the serum, and you could hear it slowing down like a car decelerating. And that was the sign that made her turn around, right? Because he's over enhanced, so it's extra loud. And I think that was a really good way to portray the end, the accelerated end of Vander. Uh, but yeah, Powder shows up. And this is heart. Dude, listen, when it comes to tugging at heartstrings, when you got me, you got me. But it's like you got me and then you're just shaking me. Yeah, And you're like, no, 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 keep crying, keep crying. Because Powder's response was heartbreaking because to Hedge's point, she thought she did it. She thought she saved the day. She thought not only she saved the day, but she redeemed herself for all the time she was considered dead weight. And this was literally the biggest mistake she's ever made. Yeah. And not only is it the biggest mistake she's made, she's making her victory lap and it's because of the victory lap that Vi is finally able to figure out what in the world happened. So then the moment that it's like that final piece fell in place, her immediate gut reaction is you killed our whole family. Yep. Uh, Like what? How? I don't know how I would respond there. Children. Yeah. I'm an adult and I don't know how I would respond (laughs) there. Uh, like uh, like looking at my sibling and being like you killed literally our whole family and she does respond in her innate you know kind of um, survival way where she strikes powder for the first time and she grabs her by the face and she notices her blood on her hands and then she kind of shocks back and it's one of those moments where we'll repeat this again i think it's obvious at this point children should not be dealing with these situations uh so both are having these complex emotions <laughs> So what do they do? They kind of just run away from it, right? 
uh, Vi just runs. It's the whole anime. <laughs> it's the classic trope of when you can't process the emotion, run as fast as you can in a direction. She does that, but she does stop because someone shows themselves again. Yeah. So, so uh, Vi, Vi, while she is running away, before we even get this showing, we go back to Panic Attack 2.0 for powder yes and uh, like that it it wasn't it wasn't fun the first time <laughs> we had to do it but then again you've got my emotions you're shaking me and then it's like here you know what would be good for you to see right now panic attack 2.0 and it's like <laughs> i can't i can't do this and we couldn't then, even handle rune <laughs> runation 2.0 and that i couldn't handle runation 2.0 <laughs> so so then during this panic attack, Silco shows up. Yeah. And I love that when Silco shows up, like he's holding the knife, right? Like he's holding a knife out, the knife that he's killed Vander with. And, you know, he's clearly postured for like, I'm going to kill Vander's kids. But his face also shows the staring at powder going, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like just like like uh, all the wind is out of his. Everything sails. went bad, like really like, bad. Everything went bad so quick, and he's like, "What? What the hell is this?" So he's frozen with like, "I don't know how to process this, but I'm also know I want to kill you." Mm -hmm. uh, and this is that's when Vi notices a silhouette and goes, "Oh crap!" He's gonna kill Powder. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, sure, she killed my whole family and everything, but she's all the family I got left. So Vi is, then goes back into survival mode of I have to save Powder, gets one step, and bam, Marcus has been watching the whole time. <laughs> Scumbag. Yep, and Marcus is like, nope, you go back in there and you're dead. And the only yep. chance you got to, to go back and save her is to come with me. And that's like, we know... We know as far as from Vi's character in the game that she is connected with the Enforcers. Bam, connection. They, I love that they are not like they're not spelling it out for us or anything, yeah. right? They, they're not forming this path or anything. And but we do spell it out for you, so definitely yeah. check out our other episodes because then you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we leave the spelling of the spelling of this out for for us. All right, yeah. we got it. Arcane won't do it for you, and it's because of the pacing is perfect. Yeah, because again, like you said, there's consequences for explosions. You're not, you don't want to you don't want to stay there for 15 minutes to spell it out. <laughs> no, this is all happening in like a minute and a half, yeah. and we gotta go. <laughs> so. Uh, so Marcus is like, nope, if you want, you go back in there, you're dead. Your only chance to survive is to come with me. And they sink into the shadows. Yep. And then we get a shot back to where we're going to end it here um, for this act is uh, Powder looks up and she sees Soko and she goes to what we look like is to tackle him, but she's actually embracing him. Because there's nothing left, right? And he asked her, he asked her about her sister and what's going on. Because like you said, Soko is just as confused about how bad this went that he wants answers now. <laughs> and she tells him, I have no sister. She left me. And we get a shot of her looking at the camera and we get the eyes. Um, Which 
which I I love like this twist because yeah. now it's like you know it, it leaves questions right uh, like because obviously the first thing that from watching the trailers that we are all thinking is that whatever Silco is making is what turns Jinx, but that's not the case. What, what so? But now it's the question of like, is she just that crazy? Yeah, has it gone and, too gone on too long for too like, yeah, too far for too long? Yeah, it, like was it just too much and she snapped? Yeah. Is it the hex tech cores? Like, is there some kind of lingering effect, like from all of this direct contact with these hex tech cores, like radiation or something, that anyway. is like melt melted her psyche to the point where she's just like, ha ha, I'm now gone. Uh, and but those are the questions that will be answered in two. the second act. I hope so. I hope of we get some So let's kind of wrap this up once again. Thanks for hanging out with us. This has been a long one. <laughs> I know each one gets longer and longer. But we had to go, like, how many times are we going to have this opportunity, right? So thanks for hanging out, listening to the, the thing with us, going through these points. Um, and like we said, let us know what you think about, we've said a lot of things. Some of it has to be wrong. So, <laughs> so let us know if you think something different. That would be cool. Um, but also, we're going to do the rest of the acts, right? The plan is to have the spe this special be a full thing that we do for each act as the event goes on. So we're looking forward to it. Um, Hetch, go ahead and give it your uh, your rating out of five for this episode. This is just mm. fun. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah, no, uh, Don't for, cancel those. No, for me, this one was definitely a five out of five. Like it, I got yeah. to see what I wanted, uh, which was like, you know, some vibe action, some punching. Uh, and you cannot go on that emotional roller coaster and like actually ride it as hard as i did and not give it a five out of five like it, yeah they did way too much work and it was very well done i think the majority of people agree and were brought into brought to tears as much as we were and that's a five out of five experience right um these three episodes together have been uh way above expectation i knew i knew expectations were high for this come on what what couldn't be this high but it they met it and that's crazy and now the question is you have six more episodes <laughs> you're hitting them out of the park let's keep up this like this pace this writing this care with the story um yeah. is it's yeah. beyond what we thought and we're happy to see it and, and you know that we're going to be critical of them hitting it out of the park because uh you know we brought the world series back to atlanta so go Rex, by the way we are officially we are officially the authority on this. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next Arcane episode. Take care, everybody.